27th year in January 2024. Find out our latest news at newsforthesoul.com. Previously aired broadcast of News for the Soul online at newsforthesoul.com. Now let's get back to the show. And we are here in this moment live and getting to do one of my favorite things, introduce you to a new member of the News for the Soul family. Today it's Jesse B., the show Living in the Light. So starting with the first famous first question, let's bring Jesse on. Hi, Jesse. Welcome to News for the Soul. Hi, Nicole. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yes. I'm excited, too, and I love especially my uh, famous first question. It's the place that kind of connects us as a community and movement that's over, well, well, now we're in our 27th year as of January. Um, and it's that a place of authentic seeking of what's really real and what's really possible, essentially. And um, for myself, I had a lot of experiences well, my entire life, literally, um, that were outside of the 3D norm um, that got my attention and even, you know, definitely uh, set us on the path that we're on right now together, <laughs> just doing this radio show and asking these questions. Um, so I'm curious if you've had, um, well, an early experience of something like that, some sort of awakening experience, and, and also your most, um, but let's start with your earliest memory of something like that. Well, that is a tough question because like you, I have had these experiences my whole life. Um, I, if I had to pick one, I remember at a time when I was probably four, five maybe, um, sitting on my grandfather's lap and him speaking to me in a language that I didn't know. Um, he spoke Navajo and me answering him uh, and my family just sort of sitting there in awe because how could I have known what he was saying to me? Um, So that's one. I used to have uh, every night I would have the same recurring dream from my earliest memory really clear up until my early teens um, and while I thought it was a dream I have since come to realize that that I was astral traveling so those are two just two small what ones that of, I can think of yeah um, do you remember specific experiences of uh, astral travel like how clear was it what can you can you remember you know 
so I would go to this place that I now would label the void. Um, and it was very, there was really nothing there except for, gosh, I don't even know how to describe what, what it was. Um, but it was like circles and the circles moved around and it's, I mean, I just can't even describe it even now. It's like, I, it was a very different place than what we experience here on earth for sure. Wow. Do you remember other, other places you went? Um, that one sticks out the most, like I said, because it was a reoccurring dream and I would, I would have it as I was falling asleep and as I was waking up every day. Um, since then I've, I've had other experiences where I actually traveled to a place where a friend of mine was and I could see what was happening. That one Mm. probably the most recent one. Oh, tell us about that. (laughs) (laughs) We love these. (laughs) We love these. Well, that's probably not a story that my friend would appreciate me sharing. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Don't have to name names, but (laughs) all right. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) That's funny. Um, Yeah, because. well, you always kind of, you seem like you were always kind of cool with whatever was going on. I mean, did uh, did you always have that? Well, I, I am now. Uh, no, I was not always cool with what was going on. Uh, I spent a lot of my childhood um, and early adult years being extremely anxious because I didn't really understand what was happening. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there there was a lot of times where other people's thoughts and emotions, but I didn't realize that they were other people's. So um, it was really overwhelming, you know, especially as a child when you don't have a way to sort of describe what's happening. So, yeah. um, yeah. So I, I actually, shut down a lot of my gifts in my late teens, early twenties, just because it was too overwhelming. Um, And, you know, when you're telling your friends conversations that you've had with them, but they haven't occurred yet or things that are going to happen that, that then do come to pass, it kind of freaks them out. So they don't yep. really know what to think about that. Yeah, only certain friends seem to be able to <laughs> handle those things, eh? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, and it was a different time back then. It wasn't as mainstream to talk about those sorts of experiences as it is now. So. Yeah, that's very true. We've come a long way. Um, mm-hmm. So when you shut things down uh, around, you know, the early 20s, you were saying. Mm -hmm. How did they come back up? (laughs) That must be a good story. Uh, Well, they would, uh, you know, you can't completely shut it down, and and spirit always has a way to get their message through, right? So um, 
so things would just happen and um I would either not talk about them or um try and dismiss them, right? So mm. um you know, like I this was this was I'm dating myself, but this was way before caller ID and cell phones, but I would always know who was on the who was on the phone before I ever answered it. Yes, that, that was a common one back in the day, wasn't it? Yep, yep. <laughs> I, I loved answering the phone. Hi, Bob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. <laughs> Bring mm-hmm. out your friends. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, well, I mean, we've been on the air doing this and talking about this that long, right? So a lot of those mm-hmm. things didn't exist back then either. So interesting. Um so as the, so those in little ways it was still there and those are the yep. fun ways too they're, they're, where it's intriguing and draws you back in but when did you kind mm-hmm. of fully something must have happened to make you go oh, okay here we go you know back in and well exploring. <laughs> so yeah so in the 90s I actually had a good friend of mine who was a numerologist and um, read uh, an ordinary deck of cards did uh you know card readings and i took her class to learn both of those things and so i you know i would dabble here and there in the stuff that was deemed acceptable at the time right um so i guess it never really fully shut down but when i I think I know where you're going. So what really um, sort of broke things open and 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 forced me to do the work and embrace what I was actually brought to do in this life um, really started when I was diagnosed with cancer. If I'm hmm. looking back. Um, I didn't recognize it at the time and and still tried to sort of push on as if everything was fine and I was perfectly happy in the corporate world, even though I was this bundle of anxiety and, and mm-hmm. depression. Um, and so the cancer diagnosis, I really think, was the, the turning point. So when did that happen for you? And uh, can you tell us about specifically, you know, however specific you want to get about uh, what kind and what you had to deal with? Sure. Sure. So um, that happened in 2007, I think. Yeah. Um, I was diagnosed with uh, squamous cell carcinoma on my tongue and I had no risk factors. I had uh, no um, family history. So it was really a mystery as to why I was diagnosed with it. Um, And so when you get diagnosed with cancer, what tends to happen is people stop seeing you as a person and only see you as the disease. 
And that's really hard for anybody to deal with because obviously you're not the disease. Um, But it was particularly difficult for me because I was also finishing my last year of college for my accounting degree. And I had goals and I had things I wanted to do and darn it, I was going to do them no matter what. Right. So, (laughs) um, so while the doctors were saying, you know, you need to slow down while you're going through treatment, you, you know, we need to be aggressive about this, you know, this is serious. And, um, and all of that, I was like, well, no, you're not going to interrupt my life. And, Two, I'm not going to die from this. And they're like, well, you don't know that. And I said, well, no, actually, I do know that. And and it was just this unshakable knowing that, you know, is intuition, right? Um, and so I continued on with school and uh, graduated right as I finished up my treatments. I think I graduated and then I had my last treatment the week after I graduated. Um, So I had eight weeks of radiation, six days a week. Uh, I had surgery. They removed a fourth of my tongue, about 20 lymph nodes and, uh, and left me with a giant scar on my neck. So um, yeah. Mm. So I, I dealt with that, got to six years and nine and a half months cancer-free, and then got diagnosed with another uh, tumor in my mouth. Yeah. So all the stuff that I didn't deal with the first time, right, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was forced to deal with the second time. Uh, So I had a ton of anger. I had a ton of just frustration and why is this happening and, and all of that. And so, um, yeah, so I had to start dealing with that and I had to really look at what I was doing with my life and sort of how how I was living in in a way that wasn't true to myself. So, um, mm-hmm. so that was really the start of things. So I've heard so many times over the well, over a quarter of a century, uh, people connecting the emotions, in particular anger, to um, to uh, behind the cause of of uh, many cancers. Do you find that as well? Um, I know for me, well, in my particular case, um, through doing the, the work, the spiritual work, um, I fully believe that for me, it was, um, not speaking my truth, Mm. both in this lifetime and in previous lifetimes, um, and, and not feeling um, that it was even safe to speak my truth. So I did a lot of releasing on on that and um, and getting to a point where 
I I can speak my truth now and I can I can show up as my authentic self and I'm not living like a chameleon. Wow, how literal, eh? The cancer of the tongues. I mean Yeah. I know. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, when you don't do the work, spirit will find ways to make you deal with it, right? So, mm. yes, wherever you go, there you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're still dealing with it. Um, so, we've mentioned the words the work, uh, and uh, so let's get in the nitty gritty of what that means to you. Okay. So, um, I firmly believe that all healing, especially spiritual healing, is healing of the self. Um, So I've had many mentors over the years um, and and have done various things, Uh, a lot of releasing work, um, a lot of when I was training to be a medical intuitive, a lot of the work that we did was getting in and finding those core beliefs or, um, you know, remnants of past lives that were still having an effect in this life and, and clearing those out and healing those so that I could get to this place where I could be my authentic self and um, and really live in a place of peace, joy, and love. I know that sounds simplistic, and it was it's been a long time coming, but you know, ultimately, they're very simple things, right? They're just very difficult for us to to do. <laughs> Yeah, simple doesn't necessarily mean easy by any means. <laughs> right, right. Um, so a lot of it, let's talk about release work in particular. That's a big part of the conversations over the years and seems to be at one of the core levels of, you know, changing beliefs and releasing uh, energy. Um, what kinds of work did you do in that department? Well, the first thing that I did was I learned to differentiate my energy from other people's energy. Mm. That was a huge one for me. Um, And in doing that, then I was able to uh, create an energy hygiene program, essentially, for myself or practice, as it were. So I made sure that my energy was mine and everybody else's energy stayed with them. So that has been instrumental in actually alleviating anxiety and depression and, and even physical aches and pains that I used Mm. to have very frequently. Um, So that was a real eye opener. And then once I was, able to do that then of course it's layers right it's like an onion so um, so then you know then you work on the beliefs and you work on the beliefs that 
other people have given you that maybe aren't even your own beliefs, but are still creating blocks, right? So releasing on those and, 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 and releasing on all the times that I didn't speak my truth or I didn't say something I needed to say. I did a lot of work on that. Um, one of, one of the ways that I did that was um, through a method called the Sedona method. So um, hmm. I did that. Uh, I actually went, had a, a fantastic experience on a retreat for that when I was coming up on my second seven year cancer free period, because of course tons of fear came up around that mm-hmm. <laughs> and what was going to happen, right? So, um, so I had a fantastic experience where um, I worked with the facilitator uh, at that retreat. Um, and not only re- did I re- completely release that, uh, but as a nice side effect, uh, it also got me over my fear of heights, which wasn't even something I was trying to release on. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, wow. so that was pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that experience was was interesting because for the whole rest of the day, I was not grounded. I clearly wasn't in my body. Like I went to the my, the wrong floor to my hotel room three different times. And couldn't figure out why my key wasn't working in the door. And then I would look and go, oh, this is the wrong floor. And so then I'd go back down or go up and and totally miss my floor again. I mean, it, it was just the craziest thing. I'm like, okay, this is <laughs> what is going on. Wow. Uh, and slept so sound. The soundest sleep I'd had in years that night. So a ton of releasing happened then. You know, in uh, talking to Bruce Clifton over 20 years, at the end of every show, everyone was like, how did we change our beliefs? We just have everyone so freaked out. And back then, you know, there wasn't a lot of modalities um, that were doing that well. I remember this Sedona method, but not very well. Can you remind us what that was? Uh, so it's just very easy. It's it's um, there's all sorts of videos on YouTube um, if you're interested in it. Um, I'm actually trained now as a facilitator in it, so I can walk people through it. Um, but it's just a very simple set of questions that you ask yourself about about whatever is coming up, and it's you know. Could I release this? Would I release this? And when? And the goal is that you want to be able to say yes to all of those questions, but not in a forced way, just happening naturally. And as, and and you get the release whether you can say yes yeah. or no. It doesn't well, matter. It sounds simple, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Oh, I'm you're 
I can't hear you anymore. It's a literal physical. I'm sorry, I missed the first part of that. You cut out. Oh dear. Um, I was just saying that when you do the release work, when something releases, it's a literal physical thing where you can get quite groggy and disoriented and just want to have a three-day nap. And <laughs> so yeah, very you understandable. can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the. So that, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say one of the things that the mentor that I was working with at the time, who introduced me to that method, uh, forgot to mention was when you're doing a lot of that work, you feel great at first. And then, you know, after about two weeks, I just felt terrible. I, you know, I was achy and I, I was grumpy and I'm like, what is happening? And she's like, oh, right. I forgot to mention (laughs) when you get down to the really sticky, sticky stuff, that's what happens. And she said, but work through it. And and when you come out on the other side, you'll feel fantastic again. And and she was right. Wow. Um, So what other methods did you find along the way that were effective at releasing uh, and changing core programs. That one. Um, and then I do a lot of grounding. So I ground every morning. Um, and as part of that grounding, um, it's I release anything that no longer serves me, is in my highest good, or isn't mine, down my grounding cord. Um, to be transmuted by the earth and sent back as love. So, and that's just another, you know, simple, sounds simple, right? But <laughs> but can be challenging um, thing. And then I also run cosmic energy through my system every day to help clear out and, and release through all of my chakras. Mm. Yeah, that's a that's a good reminder. A lot of us don't do the daily stuff, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, especially when you're like you know empathic in the extreme, uh, the, taking on all the energies of the entire planet. The last few years has not been a fun fun game. So um, no, no. Geez. So that's interesting. So actually, let's talk. Well, let's, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Let's uh, continue on the path first. And um, so as you were releasing, and I mean, it is kind of an infinite onion, though, isn't it? I mean, we're never done. It was. Like, okay, I'm <laughs> yes. finished now. Thank you. <laughs> you know? Right. And this is just during this lifetime of stuff, right? So right. Uh, it is a bit overwhelming. Yeah. It is an infinite onion and that's actually kind of a fun visual to think about. But anyway, uh, yes. Um, but you know, that's the, the part that I think is also exciting. We don't, we, we are never finished in light being enlightened. I mean, even when we cross over, we're not finished. And, and to me, that's that's really exciting. It would be kind of boring to just be at the top of the rung going, okay, what now for infinity? <laughs> so, right. <laughs> that's pretty cute, yeah. Um, 
So when did it come to a point where you were um, training and or helping others? Uh, well, again, that's something I think that I've always done, whether or not I was doing it professionally. Um, like I, I remember, like even back into my teens, people would always come to me when they were ill and they'd be like, I don't know what's going on. Um, and at that time, because I didn't have that good energy hygiene practice, I would actually feel what they felt. And so mm-hmm. I don't like that, right? That's, <laughs> that's not, so not what you want to be doing. Um, and so, but I would always have some piece of information that would help them. So, um, so for years, my, we didn't, my friends and I didn't know that it was called medical intuition. Right. But, but I had friends who were like, you should, you should help people with this sort of stuff. And I worked for doctors too. So, um, before I went back to school to get my accounting degree, I, I worked in doctor's offices. Um, and, people would come into the business office and like tell me their life story and like their whole ailments and, and, and then they'd leave. And my boss would be like, do you know them? I'm like, no. (laughs) It's like, don't you think it's a little weird that they just bared their soul to you? And I'm like, no, that happens to me all the time. And she's like, really? I said, yeah, you know, that's why I don't ride public transportation anymore. You know, it's anyway, so, so I've been doing it my whole life, um, but it was after doing a lot of this releasing work, um, the mentor that I have now, who's fabulous, uh, was going to be teaching a course in it, and she said, I really think you should take it, and I said, but I don't, I don't like feeling what other people are feeling, and I don't. You know, I don't want to do that, right? And she's like, well, okay, first of all, <laughs> you, you have a natural proclivity to it. So second of all, one of the things that I will teach in the class is how to do it in a way you don't have to take on someone else's symptoms or illness. So I was like, okay. Um, and that was a year-long course and a tremendous Ooh. amount of healing happening during that because all the techniques that we would learn, we would practice on ourselves and then uh, also on our fellow students. And so, um, you know, I, I'm, as I'm sure you're aware, whenever you do any kind of healing work, whether it's for yourself or someone else, you also get benefit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that was um, an amazing, I mean, a year-long course. What were some of the wow moments that you recall um, that happened for people? Um, well, let's see. I mean, there were so many. Um, well, for me, it was it was really interesting to see. Um, uh, and uh, a spot on my 
physical body that had been swollen for years and nobody could tell me why. Um, in doing one of the meditations, uh, I discovered this cord that ran from that all the way up to my crown chakra. And I was like, what is this? And I started pulling on it. And it, uh, it, I could actually feel it tugging in that, in that part of my body. Um, and, and it was actually kind of painful while I was doing it. Uh, but afterwards, um, that part of my body is the swelling is greatly reduced and the mobility in it is uh, greatly increased. And, wow. you know, I've been dealing with that for 25 years. So um, that was a pretty incredible experience for me. And it was like an energy cord? Uh, it was, yeah, some sort of energy cord that... Um, could have been mine, couldn't have been mine. I don't really know. I didn't look that closely at it, but just knew it didn't belong there uh, and removed it. The, but really, for me, the most amazing experience I had in that course was um, at the time, one of my dogs had cancer um, and she had had surgery to remove the tumors, um, but was still not eating uh and whatnot and i did uh i did a healing on her and um and that morning she she hadn't eaten her breakfast and and she was pretty lethargic um did the healing and after two hours after the healing she got up went in ate like she normally did and was much more her normal self. And, and that to me was actually evidence that Mm. this sort of stuff works. I mean, it's when you're doing it for yourself, you know, it's somehow different than when you can see another being benefiting who doesn't have the agenda to want to be better, right? Or maybe they do, but you're just not aware of it. So um, so that was really powerful. Not only that, but they're not front-loaded with language and explanations. There's just energy and results. Right. Nothing else. I love yeah. that. Oh, mm-hmm. glad they were better. Oh. So when did we officially, professionally go, I'm... Hanging up my shoes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, like 2018. Is that right? Yeah, 2018. Um, I started doing some fairs with uh, the same woman that I had taken the numerology and card reading class from back in the 90s. Um, and so, she she couldn't anymore at night and so she needed someone to go to these fairs with her and she's like I think you should come with me and I'm like oh I don't know if I'm ready for that (laughs) and she's like well I need somebody to drive me so I started doing those and that's that's really sort of what pushed me into 
to doing this professionally. I love how the universe just nudges us along. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just give someone a ride. It'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Boy, this, this uh, time we've been talking is flying by. Let's get into the nitty-gritty now of, the, of what you're doing uh, to help people officially now. Okay. Well, um, so... I specialize, um, I, well, I'm trained also as a spiritual life coach. Um, and so my coaching specialty is actually um, spiritual awakening. And I do that because I've, I myself and other people that I know who have had a spiritual awakening starting, things happen and you don't understand what's happening or it can happen in a really traumatic way for a lot of Mm -hmm. people um, instead of in a more gentle way. And so um, it would have been really nice if I had had someone who said, Oh no, that's completely normal and part of the process. Mm. And so I, I do that now for others. Um, and along with that, I, I help them, you know, open up their intuition or explore. Because I think we all have gifts. I mean, we all are able to do this work if we want to. It's kind of like walking or running, right? Everybody knows how to walk or run. Some of us just are better equipped when we first come here to do that. And so it's not to say that everybody can't do it. It's just you have to have the proclivity to do it. You have to have the interest and then you have to be willing to do the work. And so I help people explore maybe um, gifts that they that they have that everybody has that they, maybe they want to work on honing a little better. Uh, and then I also do intuitive readings for people. Um, I'll, I've, I do uh, what I call an energy tune up where I go through and, and uh, clear out people's chakras and, and, and clean up their aura, uh, helping them release stuff. Uh, and then I do medical intuition and animal communication. So, so, so you know, one just, of the you know. important things that came up as you're describing, you know, the, especially the spiritual awakening stuff, I have yet to, you know, because as you know now, the first question is always about uh, the expense, expanded awareness. And uh, <laughs> it's very rare to find people that went, oh, yes, I was on my moo-moo with my harp floating along. <laughs> you know, it's, it's usually quite... right. <laughs> You know, challenging and um, yes, it's bumpy. It's a bumpy ride. Yeah, very yeah. And ha- having help uh, makes all the difference. You know, um, even when we know this stuff ourselves, when we're going through our own stuff, you know, having uh, support to reach out to is is it makes all the difference in the world. Truly, so um, we're down to about the last seven minutes. So let's get real specific as far as 
what you'd like to actually no, before we do that, I want to ask you one other thing first. What do you perceive doing um, on future live shows? Well, I really want this to be of benefit to the listeners. So I am completely open to topics that people want to know more about because, you know, I'm a lifelong learner. I love learning about new stuff. So, you know, let's have some fun. And I'm, I would love for people to email me any topics that they want to explore further for future shows. That'd be great. So one thing that comes up for people that uh, they love is doing the open line stuff for meetings or energy work. Um, are you open mm-hmm. to doing that kind of thing? Sure. Alrighty, there you go. You've heard it here first. <laughs> that can be <laughs> happening. Uh, yeah, that's a big, big plus. Um, not that other things aren't. You can also have guests. You can, you know, floors open. You can try different things here and do different things. Uh, but yeah, absolutely, we can open the lines. It's one of the cool things about the platform we're on. Um, all right, so we've got. Uh, oh gosh, what's with the time? It's just literally going faster than normal. Right now, let me find bubbles here. Sorry um, about that, Nicole. That happens to me a lot. <laughs> well, that's okay. I'll just talk faster. Work it all in in the time that we have remaining. So here's what we what um, at the last few minutes or so we want to do shameless self promotion, and uh, literally coming place of service, knowing that this is the moment that someone listening right now needs to hear because they're going through stuff, you know, um, getting specific like about uh, the benefits of doing whatever it is you're offering right now and experiencing that work and, and, you know, whatever's uh, available, like just getting into detail. This is the time to do the shameless self promotion. (laughs) Well, I, um, this is the part that's hard for me because I don't really like to, I don't like it when people foist their uh, wares on me. So I, this is, this is a little out of my comfort zone, but I will do the best that I can. Um, So a lot of the benefits that my clients get is um, some peace, uh, validation for the things that, that they're actually experiencing um, uh, emotional healing and release, increased self-awareness and and growth, being able to show up in the world more authentically, and um, and just having that inner peace and joy that I think most people are searching for um, and get glimpses of, but maybe don't know how to foster that into their everyday existence. So, um, so those are the benefits. Um, I'm, I like to say that I'm not for everybody, but for the people that I'm for, I'm really for. So, you know, I'm I'm of the belief when you make yourself a service 
to the greatest and highest good, the people who need to find you, find you. So, um, so I'm just saying I'm a beacon. And if you've liked what I've had to say, you resonated with my story and some of my processes, then I might, I might be for you. Awesome. And that's why we do these first intro interviews so that we can really connect and really, you know, uh, get a feel for the energy and, and, and uh, delineate the energies and feel into it, you know, because doing that sort of marketing funnel, superficial stuff, you know, you don't get to feel into the soul of the person and, and go through, um, you know, and really understand and relate, right? So it's been mm-hmm. really great getting to know your story today, getting to know you, Jesse, and uh, I'm looking forward to our future on-air adventures together. One more thing I'm going to ask that uh, is specific to the last few years. What is your take on, on uh, what's happening? As, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. The Just chaos, a minute or the chaos that's <laughs> happening. In brief, uh, what's happening yeah. with the evolution of humanity on planet Earth? <laughs> well, what I think is happening, what my guides are telling me is happening, is that we... Uh, we're at a turning point on our planet and people are being asked to choose and they're being asked to choose between the light and the way things have always been. And those that are choosing the light um, are, are being uh, uh, what's, what's the phrase they always say? I can't, I gosh, I can't remember it now. Um, but that basically people that are choosing to openly go to the light and embrace the light and love. I use light and love uh, interchangeably. Mm. They, they are being upgraded through, um, through the new earth energies. And, and the more of us that get, upgraded the larger the energy becomes so i think that a lot of the chaos that's happened happening and happened um is because we're 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 making that transition from that 3d world to the 4d world and a lot of people are feeling really unhinged because because there is this choice that that to make on a soul level and it's not always clear what the steps need to be after you've made the choice that's my take on it that's what my guides have been telling me yeah and that we're probably in for another few years of this sort of mm. chaos but mm. but that a lot of the old systems and beliefs are falling away right yeah we're on for the ride and that's why we yep. need help we need each other and that's why we're here and i'm glad you're here jesse we'll uh, see you next time 
Great. And I think for the next show, uh, I, I'm really being uh, called by a lot of my clients to do a show on animal communication, both, uh, you know, what it's all about and both living and uh, animals that have crossed over. So maybe that's what right. we'll, we'll do this next time. Looking forward to that. Uh, Jesse B is all linked up at newsforthesoul.com. We've got about a minute to change over to the next show, Indigenous Perspectives with Diane Hill, right after this. the soul begins its 27th year in january 2024 find out our latest news at newsforthesoul.com